Aloha, gang. Welcome to the Deals and Aloha podcast, where we talk about real estate deals and hope to leave a lasting impact on our audience. And of course, spread aloha. You can find us on all social media platforms at Kamohai and Tristan. So on today's episode, we have Keone Katian, the founder and principal owner of Kuliana Investment Group. He's been involved in numerous real estate investment deals ranging from contract flips, residential redevelopments, and ground up construction. What's up, dude? What's up, guys? What is up, my man? Dude, we're super happy to have you here. Blessed to be here. Yeah, man. Thanks for kicking off our first Deals and Aloha podcast. Congratulations on it. I feel like you guys were just talking about it, and all of a sudden you manifested it, and boom. Bango. Manifestation. You guys are amazing. Right on. Okay. Well, let's get to it. Let's talk about it. So first question, how did you get into real estate? My journey in real estate um, begins in the mortgage industry. Um, I want to say that majority of the time that I spent immersed in this part of the business was up until the market crash of 2008. So during that time, I'm in uh, working for traditional, you know, mortgage brick and mortar lending companies, Mm -hmm. uh, mortgage lending, banking industries, um, just kind of absorbing and understanding the loan process. Um, let me put a timestamp on it. This is mid 2000 house booming era. Yeah. Yeah. And it's just gnarly out there. I mean, loans are fast and furious. Mm. So the environment, the work environment that I'm in, it's high uh, fast, fast pace, high stress environment, but honestly it's boring back office, Mm. um, operational duties, paper pushing. Pretty much, you yeah. know, I mean, so it's like decent money. And mind you, um, so I'm graduating out of college. I'm in the Bay Area. Oh, okay. So this is all taking place in the Bay Area. Um, and, you know, just pretty much like you said, pushing paper, but trying to understand, mm-hmm. you know, what, what, exactly, what exactly is going on. Um, just absorbing everything um, day in, day out. And it's loan documentations, you know, like loan processing dealing with um, funds, wire transfers. I mean, like all of these terms that I didn't even know what it means, but obviously now when we're in it, these are like vital elements. Critical. You know? Yeah. So this is a part of the real estate tool belt now. Mm -hmm. But again, getting into it as far as the industry, um, this is the boring stuff. Pay is decent. You know, it's actually not a job that, you know, it's you write home about basically. Mm -hmm. You know, you don't Mm -hmm. brag about it. You know, Mm -hmm. it's not sexy at all. Mm-hmm. you know, to be honest, but you know, the big takeaway for me, it's learning, you know, yeah. I'm still trying to figure out putting together the pieces of this real estate puzzle of my life and whether or not this is for me. Yeah. Um, you know, that's a little long winded, but you know, the gist of it, I think for me in this venture, as I'm in it, you know, truly in it, I think it's the, uh, 2007 is the aha moment for me. Mm. Um, again, I'm working for a mortgage industry comp- mortgage lending company. Regular day at the office. This is a this is a pretty cool story. And um, one of the office gals, you know, one of my colleagues, she's telling a story, mm. and she's sharing that um, she just got back from a retreat. Um, this is 2007. So 
she's actually sharing that she just got back from retreat. It was life changing. She um, overcame fears and, you know, she walked on fire. Wow. <laughs> I don't like know if literally? this is an event that you guys are familiar with. I, it is. I, it's sounding she, familiar. Yeah. She yeah. physically walked on fire. Yeah. Mm. So I'm like, wow. So it was actually Tony Robbins. Mm. Yeah. yeah. It was an event. And yeah. you know, I'm like, damn. So she's sharing with us because there's an upcoming event that's coming up the weekend and she's encouraging us to go to. It's a real estate uh, and wealth expo that's taking place in San Francisco, some convention center or whatnot, 70 plus guest speakers, bunch of keynote speakers. Wow. Um, Tony Robbins is one of them, Donald Trump, George Foreman, um, just a gang of people, you yeah. know, and then there's this author that his name is David Bach. He's one of them there. Mm-hmm. Robert Kiyosaki's there as well. Oh, nice. Um, so obviously I went, it was something in my, my gut. It was saying like, I need to attend this yeah. thing. Yeah. Um, Long story short, it, it changed my life. Mm. Um, and honestly, of all the names that it has said, it was this author, David Bach. Mm. Have you guys ever heard of him? No. Never. He's no. the author of The Automatic Millionaire. That no. book changed the trajectory of my life, to be honest with you. It's, um, professional, it's a personal finance book. Um, yeah, it's just one of those things. And in that time of my life, I was trying to figure it out. Personal development, mm. all of these things, trying to understand. So. Um, a quick story is that my father and I, we share similar names. I'm not a junior, but he's an entrepreneur. Um, again, I'm just getting out of college and I try to get credit cards mm. and I can't. Yeah. When you pull my credit, it's just his name and my name are getting oh, mixed up. It's sounds to be- familiar. I know. So I'm like, damn, how is all these businesses showing up? So I can't even get credit. So yeah. anyways, this guy's book is when I say changed my life because he it's almost a tell, 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 tall tale book, self-help book showing you how to deal with credit guys, mm. how to lower interest rates, how to get approval. Um, again, it, it, it made me get obsessed with reading and being in personal development. And that's kind of what changed me and my mindset. Dude, love that. I feel yeah. like that's kind of where it starts or that's where it should start is here, right? In your mind, what's between the ears and then it should translate into whatever industry you choose to go to. Yeah, so 100%. Long-winded, you know, it's a long-winded story, but you know, like I, I think that's where it started. You know, it's from the mortgage industry, mm-hmm. went all of a sudden to this path of actually going through this real estate wealth expo, yeah. you know, and then it's like, damn, you know, that's amazing. You know, like I just fully immersed in it now, just reading, just understanding personal development. You know, that job that I'm with, is it passionate? Is it, am I passionate about it? Definitely not. Mm-hmm. Right. You know, but it's actually a start. And again, I'm putting together the pieces of this puzzle yeah. that I'm in. So it's just yeah. one part of my tool belt mm-hmm. that I actually, you know, like, okay, I understand. I understand what's going on with this whole thing. So, so was real estate talked about at that expo? Is that what drew you to this whole real estate investing world? Was that expo? Yeah, so it didn't even actually get the investing part. Again, it's oh, okay. actually the, when you hear Tony Robbins, all of these people, it's actually mindset, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. So you didn't, I, obviously Kiyosaki's there, right? right. You know, um, so yes, there is real estate. Obviously that's the title of it, real estate and wealth expo. But it's like, again, we're in the housing boom market right now. It's mm-hmm. about to crash. There is just wild times. Yeah. And what I mean by that is like, these are like subprime lending times, right, right. lending times. That's the era of these things were programs, I'm not sure if you guys are familiar, but acronyms like the NINAs and the CISTAs and NINJA programs. So NINAs are like no income, no assets. 
CISA okay. is stated income, stated assets. The ninja loan, even crazier. No income, no ass, no job, no asset. Ninja loan. And these loan. people were yeah. getting mortgages. Yeah. That's so yeah. wild. Yeah. So it's just, it was a gnarly time. Yeah. Um, and, you know, I learned the good, the bad, and the ugly mm. of the entire business on that side of the business. Um, I really didn't, the, the investing side, the people that I was surrounding myself with. So, like, I'm working back office stuff, get my way up. I'm working my way up and, you know, like, become an account executive selling these loan products. Don't know what I don't know, you know, mm -hmm. like, mm -hmm. amazing, you know, like, you're just, like, about money. Yep. You know, like, it's just going for it until you actually step back and understand what the crash happens. Mm -hmm. Like, yeah. wow. Yeah. This is not good. Yeah. You know? So, like, um, yeah, crazy times. And during that time, there were guys doing investing, mm. asking for money. So you asked me where it came from. I didn't even know what private lending was. I guess that's what I was doing. Mm. They asked me if I wanted to jump in. Hey, mm. I got an opportunity. And that's what I started out as a private lender, which oh. I didn't even know wow. that was it. Yeah, that's so cool. So just backtracking a little, you kind of, so you kind of got into it through a personal development, mm -hmm. right? Um, and I think that's super cool uh, because a lot of times you hear people just getting like most people that I talk to, they they read Rich Dad Poor Dad, yeah, right, and that just changes their life like immediately, and that's that's financial education. But um, so you're you're on the one side, which is the the mortgage side, um, and we know your story. So you eventually transition over to the. I'm gonna I'm gonna let you tell it, but you didn't immediately become a real estate investor, is that right? Yep. Correct. I didn't. So what happened was I'm on that side as far as the mortgage side, um, immersing myself, understanding what's going on. Um, the crash happens. Mm. You know, um, I'm already I'm still in the Bay Area, but the plan was already to move back home and transition back home already. Right. Money's good. Everything is good. But the plan was always to come back in some type of real estate form. I end up getting my license um, the natural <laughs> way, you know, like. Okay, let me just do that. So I get my license in 08, you know, like around that time, 09. Um, and I start going down that path. In the meantime, I'm getting hunted as well. Like, hey, I heard you came from the banking industry. So like, I'm trying to balance both. I'm like, cool. I, I think I can do both. So I end up working for a big five bank out mm. here in Hawaii now okay. that I'm here. Um, again, immerse myself, understanding real estate, understanding like the investing side. Like once I started representing buyers and sellers, you know, it was cool. It was nice um, to learn that side again, adding a tool belt. Yeah. Um, but the investing side truly happened, um, started happening in 2010 mm. um, when I started investing in courses. And these Got were it. courses, mentors um, in the mainland, Arizona specifically. Okay. You know, I bought into um, programs up there and just trying to understand this was when I introduced was introduced to wholesaling. Okay. So my uh, career basically starting in wholesaling. Wholesaling. Yeah. Okay. Whole wholesaling from Hawaii to there. And my biggest thing is like, man, you fly up for these events, you come back home, there's actually nothing going on. You don't know people in here. They tell you, find your local RIA. Yeah. Right. You know, here locally. I go ahead, jump into one. Their strategy is basically out of state. Mm. I just came from out of state. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I'm trying to do this back home. Right. You know, so like, hmm, I'm figuring out going on with life, being a realtor, still working the nine to five at this bank in the real estate division, you know, kind of just going along with it. But again, still learning and understanding how to become a real estate investor, what that means. One strategy I only know is obviously the buy and holds because I didn't invest. So as a real estate agent, 
during this time, short sales were big. Yeah. Okay. That's what I did. Mm -hmm. Right, so right, like, right. Ooh. So I started buying these short sales because it was taking a long time. Lived in it, rented it out. So that's how I get wholesaling on this end and also the traditional buying short sales. Became immersed in short sales as well. Bought property here in Hawaii. Nice. Um, and I thought that was what real estate investing meant. Um, obviously, there's more to that, right? <laughs> just yeah. a little. Just a, just a little, <clears throat> little. Yeah. So you kind of ventured into real estate investing the traditional yeah. way, right? As being a realtor and then just buying and holding. Nothing um, creative, I guess you could say that right. way. Now we do, right? So what was that pivotal moment, that shift from like, wait, I'm, am I really investing how I should be investing? Or like, what was that moment? 2015. So, so we're, nice. we're, in two, we're in 2010. Yep. So that was five years of that. Yep. Wow. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I was because I thought I was going to become an agent and that was the career making okay money. Mm -hmm. Right. Right. Mm -hmm. Also working, you know, the nine to five 2015. I'm just still, again, I'm in immersing. I've been reading, just understanding, absorbing all of this and being a sponge as an um, understanding real estate investing, invested in another course okay. locally. Mm -hmm. I, I was hell bent on saying like, there's gotta be somebody anybody doing it here so right, throughout right. that whole time there was you you were having a hard time connecting with people that were trying to do what you were doing or everybody that you did find were doing it out of state like i know one of your passions and and we share this passion is we we love this place right yeah, like home. this is home how do we make real estate investing work here you know what i mean yep. so yep. that that's i love that like absolutely. So you were blazing the trails for all of us then pretty much, pretty much, right? I, I was just trying to understand, you know, yeah. like where I fit in again, like I said, from the beginning, this is real estate puzzle mm -hmm. that I'm trying to put together for my life. It was in 2015 where I found a mentor course here in Hawaii. Mm -hmm. I jumped in on it. It was a four day course. And that was an awakening for me. Somebody was actually doing what's called fixing and flipping. Right. I read about it. I knew about it. And just I didn't know anybody because they said, no, you can't do it in Hawaii. Right. We hear this all the yeah. time. Right. Right. Super expensive. expensive. Yeah. Yeah. Anyways, I find a course. I jump in. That's the one that actually, boom, the light bulbs go off. I'm like, this is it. This is what I'm supposed to be doing. The timeline that I just gave you from this to here, I've been in real estate on this side of the business, become an agent. I'm still doing that. Now this is the fixing and flipping. Mm. So I took this course and mind you, again, I've been already been wholesaling and co-wholesaling to mainland people. Now I find a mentor here who's actually looking for deals. Oh, there you go. He becomes my buyer. He's your yes. buyer. He's your cash buyer. Yeah. Yeah. And that was the one that was just. That was it, a light bulb. Yeah, Boom. It blew it up. And there you that, go. For me. That's, that's where my investing career truly started. started. 2015. Yeah, 2015. So do you mind me asking what that course was, that four-day course? Um, so through this one here, it yeah. was a local um, real estate investor. who he, At that time, he was an actual, um, he was known as the flipper. Oh, here. here. Got okay. it, yeah. got it. Okay. Nice. Yeah. So he became your cash buyer, and then you started wholesaling to him yep. locally. Yeah, but this is the catch. Right after that, so like in our course, it's like, there was about 10 students at that time, maybe less. It was a real small, small actually, you know, I take that back. It was less than five. Oh, wow. Um, yeah. In this course, what happened right after that? So this is 2015. And apparently this, um, the mentor that I had at that time ended up doing, he, him and his company were saying, we're going to do an apprenticeship. 
Okay. Okay. I think this is the one. When I saw what they were trying to do, it's like we're looking to do an apprenticeship and we're going to just put out the calling. So fill out an application if you want to be a part of it. You know, we're going to teach you everything about what it is. I just went through the course. Mm -hmm. Right, right, right. I've already brought in deals. Yeah. Now it's like we're going to bring you behind the curtain truly of my company, Mm. my successful company, teach you everything. So I'm like, dude, I want in. What do I have to do? I felt I already had the in because I just took the course. Mm -hmm. Application rolls around. 60 plus people apply. Oh, wow. Wow. It was a selection process. They're only going to take 10. Right. Wow, yeah, I'm yeah. like, too. this is nuts. It was a four days, four part process. I mean, it was pretty grueling. It yeah, was awesome. It's pretty yeah. stringent. Yeah. yeah. That's crazy. Which is good, you know, yeah. kind of, you have to find the vibe attracts the tribe, right? So it's good that they have a screening process. Got to yeah. make sure you're legit. <laughs> yeah, no, no, no. But did you even know 60 people were into investing here? No, like, so that's wild. I was attending these local real meetups that they were putting on. Right. There were like 80 plus people showing up. Wow. 100 plus. I'm like, oh, these guys are the ones. They're yeah. legit, right? Right, so right, right. Actually, these meetups that they were putting on, showing all of the houses that they were flipping and whatnot, they were trying to hire out. And the, the primary goal was going to be like, we want acquisitions. Mm-hmm. Got it. We need an acquisitions mm-hmm. team. Yeah. To look for deal. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So bottom line is that whole process went on. It was grueling. Um, I got selected. Nice. There was 10 people in this group. Um, we became close friends. Um, we grew our relationship. Um, we were known as the A-team. So during this period, so this is now 2015. Um, yeah. Humble brag. During that, Do it. During <laughs> that period, um, I was able to bring in and, hope and just close, I think, about eight deals. Wow. wow. Just straight wholesaling. That right. first year, full yeah. time. Was and, that full time? And I mainly, mind you, I'm working still. Yeah. Oh, okay. So wow. Oh, you're, so you're still at the, the bank. So this I'm is part time. Oh, no way. How crazy is that? Yeah. That's wild. And my goal when I joined this team, I said, if I can match what I'm making, you know, while working at part time, mm-hmm. I'm putting in my two weeks. Nice. So needless to say, after that happened, yeah, 2016 is when I went full time. Full time. Yeah. And they ended up hiring me. Um, as the acquisition manager. Okay. Um, and that's kind of where I flourished. Um, acquisition was my jam. Still is my still jam. Still is your jam. I was going to say, yeah. <laughs> You're still a deal hunter. Thing. I mean, again, using all of my knowledge, again, it's, it's, it's all came to fruition again. That puzzle finally came and I said, this is the passion, what I was meant to do. I will not do anything else. Real estate investing is where I'm supposed to be. Yeah. From the mortgage side to the... Um, the real estate uh, agency side all the way to this package it all together and that's kind of what makes me well rounded totally yeah because it all totally you've seen all sides you know yeah yeah I love that so going back to the eight deals that you found and during that time more in general how are you finding these deals Uh, bird dogging okay Um, and at that time it wasn't as competitive on the MLS. Right. Got it. Yeah. Like, you know, from then till now, super competitive, right? Like it is the low hanging fruit as we call it. Right. But it wasn't as heavy. A lot of those deals, actually, I was looking at um, the ones that were sitting on days on market for like a long time. And then just again, using my um, agency status as like dealing with the agents mm-hmm. um, on the other side, on the sales side on saying like, hey, What's going on with the deal? Just building rapport, having rapport because yeah. you're already licensed. They're willing to deal with you yeah. more so than some. You spit the language. Yeah. Yeah. You speak their language. Yeah. yeah. And you immediately get credibility. 
yeah. too. When you're totally. when you're an agent, everybody knows agents, right? Uh, the investor side, and we talk about this all the time. We have there's like a, a negative connotation from some people, right? Yeah. Obviously, that's one of the things that we're trying to to change to change. And this is like something that you know can can help that happen. But yeah, yeah. So 2016, you went full-time into being an investor. So what does that look like? Were you still wholesaling or were you like, no, I wanna flip a house? Yeah, so once I actually went full-time, they hired me on the acquisition side. Um, again, with this A-team that we were a part of, this apprenticeship, just tons of deals came in. Mm. You know, and like it was a bunch of CPRs, um, just properties, you know, like ground up, whatever we were doing, it was so much on the plate that now we're trying to build out systems mm. because mm -hmm. they were so used to doing one-offs. Right, right, right. One all of a sudden you get an influx of properties and it's like, whoa, you know, this is a whole new ball game. So it's like for me, when I came in, even though it was acquisitions, we almost had to put a pause mm -hmm. with all these deals coming in. And now like I'm immersing and they're like, we need help with the actual systems yeah. and the process of actually finishing these flips in a timely manner yeah. to help out the holding costs and whatnot. So I almost, I, I ended up coming in and doing project managing oh, okay. um, and learning the actual flip. Yeah. I'm Dude, sure. that's so awesome. Like literally learning the entire business yeah. through this almost like it, uh, it's a uh, job right or a mentorship well, as it well was a, it was a paid internship yeah. there you go <laughs> and not having to use any of my own money right 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 yeah. right yeah. yeah so just basically my time my mm -hmm. energy and the smarts you know like everything going into it and being able to be a part of a team mm -hmm. and understanding this whole thing really pushed me so the apprenticeship was a big help to me you know but it built the confidence in me that like man i can actually do this i'm built for this um and then, you know, at some point, you know, like during that time we ran, like I ran with it, had built amazing relationships, a lot of local investors that we all know. Mm -hmm. Yeah. 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 We yeah. all came up together, yeah. you know, like, and I think that's where it is, you know, during that time period. Um, I think I agreed to a disagree on some things that was going on company wise. Mm -hmm. um, I think it's just like too many alphas. Okay. You know, and I was okay because I respected that. You know, it's like, this is your kuleana, this is your business. And um, I appreciate everything that's happening. I feel that we're still gonna do business together. We probably just have to part ways at this time. Yeah. And I felt confident that like, I'm just gonna move on and like do this on my own. Totally. So, so when did that happen? When did you, you laid your foundation, right? You went from mortgage, real estate agent, learning the ropes, the ins and outs of being an investor. So yeah. what was that? When did you transition to do it on your own? Probably over a year. Okay. Yeah, just a year. And then I've been doing it ever since. Yeah, I partnered up with different people, mm -hmm. you know, like understood the, the whole game and understanding all that. But in that one year, I was a part of like 30 plus. That's wow. Insane. That's awesome. Yeah. 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 Okay, so talk to us about the first deal you did. On your own. On your first own. deal. How'd it go? Um, so this one is in Waianae. Okay. Um, and MLS deal, but it's an auction deal. So mm -hmm. it's being represented on the MLS by a company um, as an auction, and it's been on the market for, I want to say, 100 plus days now. Wow. Um, and I think a lot of people steered away from it because you had to go online. Um, I mean, if you guys ever heard of Prop Offer, mm -hmm. yeah. You had to go through this website, fill out this application, put in all your information. I kept going after this property, going, I yeah. went and visited, but I kept submitting, submitting, submitting. They were on market wanting to, they were listing for 400, 430,000 basically. Okay. And it was a three bedroom, one bat 
but they said tax records may differ. Yeah. I went and looked at the property. I'm like, man, this is doable. Okay. After the projects and the things that I just went through, mm-hmm. it's, um, it's, it's exciting. It's nervous, but I'm like, I think this is the one. So I just kept submitting offers online. I kept getting rejected. I was mm. submitting at 310,000. Okay. They're at 430, 310. I said, that's the number I want to yeah. be at. Yeah. I think the renovation cost is going to be about 80, 85, maybe you know, I can get this done. After getting rejected six times in a span of two weeks, <laughs> they ended up accepting the offer. No way. At three hundred ten thousand. So you kept submitting at three ten. Yep. And they just kept rejecting. No, so what they did was they kept going up. Said from four thirty, then it went down, and they said okay, and they said four fifteen. Mm. Oh, I and see. And then it kept working down. Right. Ninety five three. Yeah. And I just said nope three ten three ten. So I think after three forty five, they accepted at three ten. Wow, that's so cool. Because nobody else is offering on it. I mean, yeah. there's some nuggets right there that I think we should unpack. Just the fact that you were consistent. You didn't give up, right? Yeah. And you stuck to your numbers. Yeah, stuck to your numbers, but you learned all of that through, right, your past experiences. Yeah. So you knew, you ran your numbers. You're like, yep, this deal works at 310, and I'm going to stick to it, Yeah. right? I think a lot of people get caught up with, trying to force a deal or make a deal work. And I think that's one of the biggest mistakes you can make. Yeah, that's the itch, right, that everybody gets because you're out there grinding every day just trying to get a deal. You're getting rejected. You're getting rejected. And then all of a sudden, here comes a deal, and the numbers don't work, and you steer away Mm -hmm. from your disciplines. You should always, like, follow the numbers. Keep the emotions out. You know, like, but you get so hungry and itchy, like, I'm going to just do it. Yeah. And figure I'll ma- it out. I'll make it work. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and that's why when you got to leave the emotions on the sideline and follow, just buy it right. Right. Yes. As we say, right. Totally. Yes. And yep. stick to your criteria. Buy right and stick to your criteria. Yep. So good. Okay. So you bought it. 310. Yep. Now you're doing it on your own. What happened? The renovation went super smooth, right? Definitely not. <laughs> yeah. Definitely not. Yeah. So obviously with the crew that I was with before and I was working with the company, the contractors, that's where I was like, okay, I can already work with them. I didn't really understand. Again, it wasn't my money, right? I was managing the process and whatnot. Now I'm doing my own project. Yeah. I've already built with them because I've been on site with these contractors, not knowing the back office stuff and how the money works. Right. You know, so the reason why I'm the point that I'm getting to is that now I hire these guys because I want, it's the only contractors I really knew. I've worked with them on numerous projects as the project manager, mm-hmm. hey, I'm on my own now. Yeah. Hey, congratulations, Keone. Let us know how we can help. Perfect. I got a property. I just got it under contract. So I write out a scope of work. We go over it. They look at it. They say, like, yeah, we can do it for that budget. Um, the problem right off the bat is that I, this is a key, key thing that I will never do again. Yeah. And I advise anybody. $85,000 budget. I pretty much gave away the half of that budget right up front. The first two weeks, 50 grand. Oh, uh, man. We're still demoing. Yeah, 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 yeah. But I didn't know what I didn't know. Right, right, right. They right. told me like, yeah. So yeah. we're going to need 25,000 um, because we got to buy all the materials and mm-hmm. whatnot. Mm-hmm. Again, the reason why that's not a bad, that is a bad thing for those who are Don't newbies know. is during demo, it doesn't cost anything. Nothing. Labor. labor. Yep. Yeah. Unless you truly know that they're buying and sourcing all of these materials, you shouldn't have to put up that much money up front. Right. So that's the upfront contract negotiations that we as investors need to work out with, with our contractors and understand where that money is going and whatnot. So luckily, you know, I had brought in private funds. 
I already had the money sitting on the sidelines, but I'm also dealing with hard money, right? Right. That funds are not, that's not going to come until after demo, until we actually get into the sequence phase, right? Right, until right. Until you actually show and you can prove. So it was just a crazy learning experience on that. The 80 budget, $80,000 budget didn't work out. You know, like we ended up going, I think maybe close to 100,000. Um, not bad. Yeah, not yeah. bad at all. It's not bad. On a f- yeah, first cool. one on your own. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I prided myself on understanding like how it was going to be. And then like there was just some things that went on with, you know, the contracts that working with. But it was definitely a learning experience, even though it went a little over budget. Um, I thought I felt confident because as I'm running comps, you know, like so mind you, because I'm an agent at this time, I'm like, yeah, I'm going to list the house myself. There's a commission deal. You know, um, it makes sense. Let's do it. What is the houses looking like now? ARVs in that area was like 500, mid 500s basically. Okay. Um, there was another investor at the time, literally right across the street from me. Um, he just sold his house for like high fives as well. Nice. Um, so I'm like, cool. I felt confident. Um, ended up listing the house. I think it was like, I ended up selling it for asking price or like maybe a thousand over. So I ended up selling it for 540,000. Nice. Oh, nice. Yeah. Okay. So it was it was cool deals and it was fast. Um, like. The renovation didn't take long. I mean, like, what did I? It was like total four months. Nice. Yeah, that's, it that's was pretty good. cool. Yeah. Yeah. In and out. From yeah. start to finish, buy to sell. Yeah. Oh, nice. Yeah. Slam dunk. That's how you want all of yeah. them to go, right? Yeah. Know. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah. There was definitely a lot of trouble. I mean, like, you know, that's the stuff that we deal with, right? The things that you don't, that's not the sexy stuff that you see on yep. HDTV. Right. right. They literally show you, like, maybe broken walls. They peel back the onion, like, oh my gosh. Yeah. They don't talk about the crime. The theft, right. you know, all of these things, you know, it's, it was some crazy things like just to dive into it just a little bit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Please do. Is that our open house is about to take place on the Sunday. Um, I do a broker's open on the Wednesday. Right. For whatever reason, like I just, the salt is looking beautiful. It's a huge backyard. I know it's going to sell well because why and I write outdoors, outdoor living, you can throw baby luau's back there in this backyard. For whatever reason, because there was no... Uh, plant life ever in that backyard when you put brand new sod on mm-hmm. this dirt and yeah. you didn't actually put topsoil and whatnot all of a sudden it's like vampires looking for blood oh no way. So all of these worms and insects they were like feasting on it and i didn't show up <laughs> the property right like so i'm like okay cool after that wednesday thursday friday it should be good still right <laughs> oh my gosh by the time they came on that weekend the grass was like freaking brown. Wow. And I'm like, what everything. To all the grass. Like, That's crazy. It was crazy. I ended up canceling the open house. Yeah. Oh, no way. Yeah. yeah. Um, treated it, watered it. It ended up coming back to life. And then I cut the grass. Um, yeah, that was gnarly. I have photos of that. Like, it's like a nightmare. Like, what happened to the beautiful <laughs> green grass? When people are looking at the photos. Yeah. It was legit. They go, that can't be real. It's mm-hmm. like, yeah, it was real. But when you saw the house, if you were to come, you're like, this is terrible. Dude, the yeah. things that happen. And landscaping is not cheap. Nope. Yeah. It's <laughs> actually one of the most expensive things that you tackle in a flip, I feel like. And it's so important because what is the thing people, I, I heard that the people make their decision within like the first five to 10 seconds of seeing the house. So if it doesn't look good, yep. meaning grass, front door, plants, they don't, they're not going to buy it. Yeah, curb appeal is key, right? Right. And landscaping is huge on that. You know, like it all depends. And if you have trying to do quality flips, right? Because mm-hmm. there's people who just say like, I'm just going to throw gravel. 
you know, like now people no. want grass. People want grass. Yeah. So true. Yeah. So true. Okay. So first successful flip on your own yep. and you're like, I can do this. And you did it how many more times? Yeah, how many times that year? <laughs> so your first year on your own, what what did that business look like? Yeah, you know, I mean, super blessed. And I think one of the biggest thing, like when we talk about numbers and like, you know, profitability and whatnot, like I was still trying to figure this out, but I'm like, okay, if I can make like close to a hundred thousand, you know, like in one flip, that's crazy. Like yeah. what right. does that look like? You know, like, you know, I talked about, you know, like off air about us, like, like, the way my finances because personal development wiped out all of the bad debt. You right. I'm saying so like the overhead is good. Yeah. You know, so like when you're doing flips and whatnot, my number, my magic number was like, man, 10. We're in 2022 now. Yeah. That's still my magic number. Love it. If I go under or over, I'm good. Mm. You know right. Because I mean? right. honestly, all it takes is five deals. Um, at like six figure profits and whatnot and like you know i'm, I'm comfortable mm-hmm. yeah you know, okay but like i'm always striving for that so since then till now i've been consistent in six to ten deals Love that. as far as flips okay the numbers do fluctuate yeah and for me i don't look for home runs that's mm-hmm. the thing i think what opened up the floodgates for me is that in my mentorship and the apprentice program that i was with i can't believe that's probably one of the biggest things that if i had known what i know now there criteria was only six figure profits mm. wow and i was locking up deals less than that and they were rejecting it and i even threw out like can we wholesale it because we had an agreement like i couldn't do it on my own right like, right what right what are we doing uh, uh, throwing uh, it away like yeah let's wholesale it as a company totally yeah. they, they didn't buy into it but i am like okay cool and we were finding six figure profits right 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 when I branched out on my own, I'm like, I'm hitting singles all day. Dude, yeah. I'm doing these deals. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. totally. Base hits are still wins. Yeah, they don't exactly. all have to be home runs. That's what I'm saying. You know, and the home runs come, they come. But other than that, it's still profitable. Yeah. Yes. You know what I mean? Yes. You're still making an, a great amount of money for the time you invest. You know, I, I come from humble beginnings. So I have family and friends that don't even make. Thirty, forty thousand dollars a, a year. year. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. I'm able to make these money in a short amount of time on one flip. Yeah, that's all day for me. I know. Yeah. you know what yeah. I'm saying? Yeah, totally. We share that same mindset too. You know, when we have tighter deals and we're like, no, let's do it. It'll be a base hit, and then you have these home runs and it's a six-figure profit. You have to remind yourself, right, as investors, that that's still a huge win. People don't make this in a year, and you made it in three, four months. So base hits are wins all day long. Yeah. I mean, we talk about it all the time. We will yeah. do base hits, but I think what's important here to, to recognize and realize is there's a whole other side yeah. to this equation, right. right? So yeah, we're talking about the, the profitability and money side, but we also get to help that many more people, mm, you know what so I mean? True. And so I think that's so, so big with, with both of us. And I think this is why we vibe so well the the other side that nobody a lot of people might not concentrate on is that fact that we're problem solvers and yeah. we get to you know if if we're not going to take on these deals then these is, yeah. right like what's going to happen so i know that's very important for you yeah. and that's literally i mean even more important right it is it's not always about the money it's about the impact just yeah. like we said at the beginning of the podcast it's the impact that you leave and how you're helping people at the end of the day you know, when we talk about making an impact and like, you know, 
what are you trying to do? You know, like if I could get on a soapbox for a minute, please you do. Know, like yes. To elaborate what you're saying, super big on that because I want to shed a light on what we do as house flippers mm. in a positive sense. Yes. And what that means is that we are helping out so much people every single flip. We are actually employing mm -hmm. tons of people, mm -hmm. almost hundreds of people. Yeah. Right? Although we're doing like small scale, you know what I mean? Of flips. Yeah. Let's just do the math. Yeah. And like just go over it. Like who are we from acquisitions to dispositions mm -hmm. from the time we are locking up deals, we're working with realtors. Yep. You know what I'm saying? We lock up the contract with realtors. We're already working with um, home inspectors, yep. you know, like appraisers. Um, appraisers, you know, once you finally get into escrow, it's like, we got to open escrow, working at escrow officers, yep. title companies, yep. escrow companies, you insurance, hire insurance companies. <laughs> so again, you didn't even get to the renovation part, just right, the right. acquisition part alone. Right. You know, and then once you acquire, it's like now we're dealing with private money lenders, mm -hmm. hard money lenders. Mm -hmm. However, we're going to fund these deals. Now we get to the renovation part. We are employing local workers right people are here on that island construction yep. yes general contractors and their crew mm -hmm. right from the labors mm -hmm. all the way to the trades right. skill yeah. sets carpenters um plumbers electricians landscapers like yes. we just talked about right. i mean again hundreds of people that we're putting to work yes. you know what i mean stimulating local economy mm -hmm. at the end goal this tangible asset that we're bringing back into inventory right yes. these houses that we're finding have been sitting off market beaten up, being weathered down, um, sitting, you know, homeless people or squatters are in it. Yep. You know what I mean? It's, mm -hmm. it's a nuisance to all the neighbors around them. 100%. We're going in there and we're changing this house and beautifying it yeah. again. You know what I'm saying? And yeah. then putting it back into inventory. For a for local family to live in. Boom. Exactly. For a local family to live in. Yes. Right. Yes. Yeah, that's why I said it doesn't get looked at enough. We get looked at and a bad reputation because it's like we're taking advantage of people. You know, like that's a negative connotation like you right. talked about. Like I do want to change that stigma. Yeah. We are doing a good service. Maybe back in the day there were sharks. The people took advantage of people. I am proud of what we are doing mm -hmm. as a community is yeah. because we are changing this atmosphere, changing the culture right. of what we truly do and what we are doing when we talk about Aloha. Yeah. Right. right. Doing right. it the right way exactly. ethically. Exactly. You don't need to be a realtor to have ethic. No. This yeah. is just the way we were brought up. Exactly. Right. You you put love and aloha into every home that you bring back to life. And you know, we're not these big developers. We're mom and pop local people that take these old plantation style almost Hawaiian homes. We do not tear them down. We bring them back to life. Exactly. And it's just a beautiful thing. And it doesn't like you said, it, it I think the negative stigma is just from ignorance and not truly understanding, right? Like what goes into it. So I hope that we're able to change that narrative. But look at the scale that we're doing it at to stay on this soapbox. It's like if I'm saying that the number is ten mm -hmm. that I'm doing myself. Yeah. Right. Look at the circle that I'm surrounding myself with, all of the investors. We know alone that there's even 10 more of us. Yeah. Right. Everybody, and I'm on a small scale. You guys are doing big deals. We know a bunch of real other real estate investors that are doing this on a big scale as well, yeah. locally. Yeah. Right. You know right. what I'm saying? So you multiply that per person, even if you just said 10 people, 10 deals. That's crazy. Yeah. This yep. is the impact that we are making on our local economy and stimulating this money yeah. here. We have an issue, right, as far as like 
funds. Mm-hmm. Right, right, right. Mm-hmm. If we could get helped out in this place of called Department of Planning and Permitting right. and just move permitting processes, yeah. and if they truly understood what we're doing for the economy and the inventory, and because the obviously yeah. supply and demand, right? We're yeah. short on supply. Right. But when we find these houses, you know, like we're putting it back, you times that by 10, yeah. times that by 20 of yeah. us. We are an army and a squad that are basically making a, a tremendous impact, impact. Yes. Yeah. on yes. Dude, I love that. I love that you bring that to the forefront just because a lot of times people, want, and we'll get caught up in, you know, just what's right in front of us. But if we look at our bigger hui, right, our squad, dude, we're doing a lot yeah. here. You yeah. know what I mean? So the impact that we have um, and that we are, are making on the local economy is is something that I don't think is talked about enough, um, but it's huge. So, and I think if we just continue to spread that message and link arms and try to raise awareness and continue to educate and just to continue to take the risk and do what we do, it'll spread. Yep. You know, yeah. it's happening. It's this happening. is what we're us talking DNA like this. Podcast. This is it. Like this is what it's about, right? <laughs> no. So. Hundred percent. Okay, so back to you, and let's bring it up to twenty twenty two. What strategies are you currently focusing on? Like, what are your acquisition strategies? I didn't deter from what I've actually been doing. Mm-hmm. Um, my biggest way that I actually bring in and attract deals have always been organically, um, networking, um, working with realtors. You know, like finding these. Uh, future opportunities that before they come to market, you know, I love the off-market acquisitions because there is less competition. Mm-hmm. We sometimes get to work directly and understand the situation, right? When you buy an on-market deal, you don't know what the motivation is. You have to go through this conduit who is the actual seller's agent. There's different motivations, right. but if we can deal direct to seller, so that's why I love the networking aspect, attending real meetups, mm-hmm. meeting people this way, and building relationships that way has been my tried and true. Um, I have VAs, you know, like I just picked that up, you know, Mm -hmm. I'm trying to understand and just add that to the tool belt, but I still feel for me, the local way, ground roots level that I've been doing, it works. I've done the mailers, I continue to do mailers, direct mails. I mean, everything that you can name under the sun, I do, because I feel that there is not one way. When people yeah. say, "What are, you got to try everything. Mm-hmm. Nothing will always work 100% all the time. So you got to spread it out. Right. Mm-hmm. You're saying basically just throw the canvas out there and, you know, like see what happens, see what hits, right. but be consistent with it. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I know. Well, and you'll find the the strategy that you resonate with the most, yeah. right? So for you, it's networking it and relationships. Yeah. Yeah. So what does that look like? Like what for somebody that has no idea, what does that mean? Building relationships and getting yourself out there. Mm. You know, putting yourself out there, getting uncomfortable. You know, what did they say? Be comfortable getting uncomfortable. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You know? Yeah. So I, I think that's the way it looks like. I, it always has worked for me. Mm-hmm. I'm a people person just like you. Yeah. Yes. You know what I'm saying? We love getting out there and just actually getting a pulse. Mm-hmm. You know, truly understanding the pulse of the community and what's going on, how I can help. You know, we talk about this go-giver mentality. Right. I mean, I think it's always worked. That's my bread and butter mm-hmm. as far as finding deals. And I don't think I'll ever give it up because what happens is it's the, what we call, um, 
the coconut wireless. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Right? You know, social right, right, media right. is a big thing. Yeah. But like auntie, uncle who are not on social media, mm-hmm. they go, hey, boy, I get somebody down the road who this and that. They get one house. They in, they in trouble. Mm-hmm. Perfect. Yeah. Let me go talk story with them. You know, let's go figure it out. See how I can help. Let yeah. me know. And that's always been the tried and true for me. And I love it because we're literally getting in there and finding, getting to the crux of the situation, truly finding the motivation yes. on how I can help someone. And I will never stop that. We tried all the methods. I continue to try all the methods. 2022 still looks like the way I started. Networking, getting out there. I'm actually big right now on truly utilizing and working with realtors. Mm, nice. Okay. And that's kind of the path that I'm going right now. We're like doing an agent outreach, you know, and like making sure, hey, how do we work together you know like multiple times not on one-off deals like what is your goals and whatnot like truly having in-depth conversations like i've been on that side and i still am yeah but like to me that's some people are you know back and forth but it's Mm -hmm. like when they truly know what we're doing and how the numbers look like kind of makes them think yeah like oh yeah how do i work at that even if it's a commission thing (laughs) let's just keep rolling this right like they're not one-off here's another soapbox thing it's like as agents they're trained and they're going to work with one buyer mm. and you're not going to see them for the next five years, maybe a family relative. And they work on referrals. Yeah. When you work with any guys like us, investors, we're doing multiple deals. Right. Volume. Yeah. We're in the volume game. What yeah. do they want to do? You know, that's a one off. Maybe you might smash it on one deal, mm-hmm. but we are basically repetition. Yes. Yeah. We're going to consistently do deals throughout the year. Yeah. Times that commission throughout the year for you, right? Right, so right, right. That's the way, once you put that light bulb in them, they're like, oh yeah. It's just a trust thing, right? Again, yeah. it's the stigma. Yeah. You guys don't have the funds. You guys are low-balling. You know, right, blah, right, blah, right. Blah. So Wasting you time. Con- exactly. Yeah. You guys are wolves. Yeah. So that's why you yeah. gotta have these conversations and like, don't shy away from it. Yeah, embrace, embrace it. it. Mm, there yeah. you go. Yeah. yeah. I think once realtors truly understand the power of the investor realtor relationship, they dive all in because they see the repeat business and how it benefits them because they can get two commissions even, you know? (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. And that goes for all of the different people we work with. Same with contractors. Right. I'm saying like a lot of the contractors, they work with home buyers, Mm -hmm. you know, and then they actually big money. Yeah. That's a one-off deal. Right. We truly work with them and you have to negotiate with them and let them know like, hey, I can't pay you retail price. Mm -hmm. I got to be at the wholesale price, but I can keep you and your crew busy. All year long. We will continue to roll this into the next deal, into the next deal, into the next deal. Yeah. And you don't have to continue to squirm around and try right. to figure out the next deal. Yeah. You might make money on that one off, but I will continue to keep you busy mm-hmm. if we can figure this out. Yeah. That's the light bulb again. Yeah, totally. that's that's so important. I mean, one of the biggest things we hear from contractors and our contractor crews are they don't have that consistency, yeah. right? So if they have to continuously... Like, okay, job's over. We got to look for another one. What happens is the the GCs, they lose their guys because yeah. the guys just, they bounce out and they go somewhere else, job. right? Because they need consistent work. So if you can provide that for your crews with consistent jobs for them to work on, they're more likely to give you, right, a better price. Yeah. And that's the, the phases that we talk about, the sequences, right? Like mm-hmm. when you do demo in the beginning and then you do this and then you do that. That's not the same skill set. So it's like when they get done with their phase, 
where do they go? Right. Yeah. Right? If he if he's all under the same umbrella. Right, right, right. So now you move him to the next project. Yeah. Right? And that's how you keep rolling it. So yeah. nice. Yeah. Love and you, that. you build that as you go. Right. But it all the, the team starts to build, which is the next question is what is your team and your business look like right now? You know, I'm, I'm a solopreneur. I mean, to be honest, you know, like I hire out mm-hmm. a lot at this point in time. I Kuliana, you know, like I have a bunch of people that work with me, mm-hmm. um, but I think more I'm just hiring out. So like I do a lot of partnerships. I mean, I love partnering up with other real estate agents, yeah. I mean, other real estate investors. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that's a big part of me. Just it's nice doing it on your own, but it's super fun teaming up. It is. Yeah, 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 partnering I agree. up just is like. It, 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 it's a stressful business, right? Like people, they see the posts and whatnot on uh, social media yeah. and they see all the successes, right? Right. They, you know, because that's what's being put out there, the befores and afters. People love that, you know? Yeah. But they do not see, like if you look at it as a tree mm-hmm. and then the tree said success, the roots under there, the criticism, the depression, right. the, the rejections, the, the arguments, anxiety. the anxiety, <laughs> yeah. you know, all of that are the roots that are below the surface that, yeah. right, right, right. that we deal with. Yeah. Yep. And to basically partner up with somebody who can share say, that. I feel yeah. you. Yeah. Dude. I feel you. Let's accomplish this together. We got this. Yeah. 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 You you yeah. don't feel alone. Yeah, yeah you share that. And share everything. Ideas off of each other, right? That's why I love being a part of this community. Mm-hmm. You know, and we talk about elevating each other and whatnot. Like we truly do. Yeah. yeah. Right? Like there's a lot of problems we deal with, you know, like emotionally. Our families support us. Yeah. But they don't really, really know what we go through. So yep. it's nice to yeah. surround yourself right with the right people the like-minded people you hear all these cliches all the it's facts yeah, 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 yeah. you gotta surround yourself with like-minded people yeah. who elevate you so that way you can keep the motivation going 100 yeah. because yeah. yeah. this industry is not for yeah. the weak man it'll no. literally it'll eat you up, eat yeah. you up yeah. spit you out and then run you over <laughs> i think the biggest thing for me is like when it gets to that point i always go back to like i will don't i don't want to go back to my nine to five yeah. yeah. If you ever driven from the west side to town to go to work, that <laughs> morning commute and Pauhana traffic, you do but, the problems that we deal with as investors. It's all good. Yeah. <laughs> it's all good, man. Nothing yeah. can can um, compare to that traffic. Yeah, I'm just yeah. dying in that time. You know, it's like That's traffic are just killing me, man. Time yeah. is our valuable, most valuable asset. Right. You're getting killed in that traffic, man. I feel like this is a good dovetail because you just brought up, you know, the stuff that's not the sexy side of investing. It's the real emotions and the hardships. So what's the biggest challenge you had to overcome so far in your career as a real estate investor? A couple of things before I even got to being a real estate investor. I just said it on time. Mm. Right. I needed to figure out how I was going to jump out of my nine to five and go full time. How do I go from a W-2 to being a full-time real estate investor. We're all given 24 hours in a day. Right. How do I manage my time working full-time, stuck in traffic, just dealing with you know the minutia of what I'm doing on my daily activities? And that was the part where my biggest challenge were, how do I manage my time? I mm. feel like I'm already a good time manager, but I just don't have enough time. So, and I share this, um, at a local real estate meetup, um, I was honored to be a guest on as a guest speaker. And they asked me, how did I leave my job? Mm. And I said, like, time. I remember this one. Yeah. yeah. So I basically stole back time by not dealing with that traffic and sitting in that rush hour commute. <laughs> That's crazy. And for yeah. one year, that yeah. 2015 time era, basically, that I said that when I quit my job, 
I rode the bus. I remember, and you yeah, showed all of that. your That's bus crazy. passes. Yeah. I remember, yeah. That is my motivation that I have up in my office that I do not want to go to back to that. But that's how I stole back time because what I did was I rode the bus for one year straight. Mm-hmm. Mind you, like, I had some nice luxury cars sitting in the driveway, right? you know, but, like, no. I'm going to stay back my time and I'm going to do all of my modules, all mm-hmm. of my studying, mm-hmm. all of my seller calls, sitting at the back of the bus, sitting in this traffic, you know, like from the morning all the way to, to work. Yeah. And then the commute back home was nuts, especially yeah. if there was an accident. No problem. Yeah. Got yeah. so much done. Love That's how I stole back time and made it worthwhile. And I was like, yeah, I accomplished so much and I gained back my time. And so. that was one of the biggest obstacles that I said, yes. This is I'm going to steal back time. You know what I just got from that is no excuses. There's no reason why you can't make it work with the time that you have. There's always a solution and there's always something you can do to achieve what you're trying to do. You know, you just have to be willing to do it. Totally. I think um, another thing is, is so we obviously know that now you're a full time real estate investor. So there was a point where um, you did step out of the W-2. And I think you touched on it earlier, but I just want to reemphasize it because I think a lot of people do have W-2s and they want to become a real estate investor. So one of the biggest things is, is how do they make that transition? Um, I know earlier you said that you waited until, what was the, what was the dynamic that you had? Like you were making this much money, like your salary amount, and yeah, that's needed, when you stepped out? I needed yeah. to match that. Um, that time frame, like um, that, that amount of money that I was making, I, I, the goal that I set for myself while I was doing it part time before I got all of those eight plus deals or whatever, I said that right. that's my goal because I do not want to do this. I found my passion, but I need to figure out how do I get out of this? So even though I was with this course um, in Hawaii, yeah, I had joined another mentor course in the mainland again. So I, education was just paramount for me. I need to absorb, be a sponge, but also take action. Right, That's right, the right. biggest thing. So like I needed to figure out during that time, like this is how I'm going to get out. So when I talk about modules and whatnot, it wasn't the Hawaii course. Yeah. I was boots on the ground working. Yeah. Right, right, right. I was right. still educating myself to understand this whole business. So like that's the studying that I was doing and whatnot. So got it. talk about like what is the, I guess the information or the, the advice to give people who are in the W. Some people love their job, though. Yes. Yeah. You know yeah, 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 yeah. And no, if you can true. do both, that's amazing because right. there's real estate investment strategies out there that really helps you. Yeah. And you can still carry a W-2 job. Right. And still this. So if you have two passions, amazing. Yeah. I just was not cut out for that. Right. I learned that that way, right? We're a true and true entrepreneurs. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And, yeah. and, you know, so this is what I did. So my advice is, like, at the end of the day, you said there's so much excuses. Life gets in the way. It's the mindset. Yeah. You know, we talk about here in Hawaii, it's super expensive. Real estate is the biggest thing, you know, like um, it's just impossible. Here's the advice that I have. And I I didn't make this up, but this is something that always sticks with me. And I'm going to share when we talk about real estate, the most expensive real estate is the six inches of real estate between your left ear and your right. Yeah. What you put in there determines your wealth. Yes. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? So it's like the education part and just like constantly, you know, like always putting in thoughts and positivity and like just information that is going to help me propel me. Because, again, life gets in the way. Mm -hmm. But it's like, what is your goal? What is your why? Mm -hmm. Blah, blah, blah. Surrounding yourself, like minded people, you know, like how are you keeping up to date with all these things and putting it in here? 
what is the garbage you're putting in there? You know, yeah. is it garbage in, garbage out? Or are you truly putting in there that's going to propel you yeah. to do what you want and what you were meant to do? And I, I really feel that's the biggest thing. Like, real estate, right here. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Most expensive piece of land. Absolutely. So cool. Yeah, we're so, firm believers in that, too. A hundred percent. So what are you doing every single day that helps you make sure that you're rich between your your ears? Surrounding myself with people like you guys. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Yeah. Lift me up. You know what I mean? Just staying motivated, constantly surrounding myself with other real estate investors. Um, just again, I, I, I'm speaking truth. Like I'm not even fluffing any of this. Like the way and everything that I'm saying is what I do on a daily basis. I need to. You know, I need to because it is a struggle out there. It's it's not like you said, it'll eat you up. But always seeing you guys and like other investors, when I see them taking down deals, when I see them actually creating wins, I'm like, yes, I feel that their win is my win. I'm like, yeah, and it motivates me. Like, oh, my gosh, like it's friendly competition. You know, it's because like we say, like competition, you know, like we're collaboration over competition. Right. 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 Yes. But it's like super cool. Like, thank you. Like when I see that, like, yes, Mm -hmm. that's a win. Let me go out and do my job now. Like, let me get this. Let me get that. So that's what keeps me going, honestly. Yeah. 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 I feel like a lot of people think about mindset and personal development and they complicate it when it's actually really, really simple. It's might feel stupid and you might feel like an idiot and and whatever the cliche is, but just do it. Literally tell yourself, I am an effing winner. I can conquer this. And literally, you're going to feel stupid doing it in the beginning. Mm-hmm. Who cares? Nobody has to know that that's what you're telling yourself, right? But it becomes repetition. And if it becomes repetition, it becomes habit. And then it becomes your existence, your reality. So it's not complicated. You just literally have to do it. Yeah. I mean, I think I shared with on a, a recent post I did, motivation gets you started. Mm-hmm. but habits keep you going right yes. right 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 yes. totally yeah it's so vital mm-hmm. you know what i'm saying like it's it's that muscle memory reputation is king yeah, yeah. okay <clears> so <throat> you talked to us about your first deal and you talked to us about how many deals you kind of do a year can you talk to us about your last deal you you did the noteworthy deal um and i think the one now that you say that i would share because i've never done a luxury flip mm. nice um, yeah my <clears> price <throat> points and there's methods on the reason why I try to stay in these price points. Um, and we can dive into that if we need to. But I've always stayed under 600000 okay. purchase price. Okay. okay. Whether or not it lifts higher than that. But this would be the first one that I was actually purchasing a million-dollar deal. I partnered up with a fellow investor here locally, um, Richie. Mm-hmm. Right. And uh, we did this deal together. Yeah. Learning experience. You know, definitely learning experience. But at the end of the day, the goal was accomplished. Yeah. At the end of the day, we do not want to hold on to houses, right? Right, right, right. Definitely take Get it rid the of market, them. Make changes, do whatever. Like, no, we need to sell it and move on yeah. to the next. Unless it's going to be your forever home. Right, <laughs> <laughs> right, right. right. Yeah. So it was your first your first luxury, yeah. right? Like you, you said, are you, are you opposed to doing more or are I'm you going to? Yeah. The method is right. If the numbers make sense, then I will do it. Right. Nice. I always look at, you know, like I'm super conservative. Um, I don't think I'm ultra conservative. I definitely take risks, obviously calculated risk totally. when it comes to the numbers. But as long as we're buying it right, I don't care what the price point is. You know, yeah. at the end of the day, the reason why I'll go back and just briefly touch on it. 
the price point where I'm at when I try to stay below 600,000 is in the event anything happens with market volatility, right. I can withstand that. Got it's it. still fire sale because obviously we know median is over a million right now. Right. Yeah. I don't right. know where it is on the island. If I'm buying at 600,000 or less, and then all of a sudden just things goes to hell, I know I will be able to fire sell that house. Your buyer right. pool is bigger. Yeah. You know, more people can afford that. Exactly. I think our average price point right now is a million fifty. That's yeah, that's what it says. Okay. Something yeah. like that. Yeah. It keeps going up. So, yeah. so you I'm know, not opposed to it. Right. Not okay, to perfect. Our our second deal we ever did was I think we bought it for like nine seventy. Bought it for nine seventy eight. Yeah. yeah. And so it was in that million million dollar mark and I get it. Like mil that price point is just scary, right? Because you're thinking, oh my gosh, it's just so much more risk. It's so much more money, this and that. But that's all just fluff in your head because at the end of the day, it's just the numbers, right? It's yeah. just another zero, but the returns are, are similar. The process is exactly the same, you know? Totally. Easier said than done though, you know? Like it So is. for this one, I said that I partnered with um, my, my boy Richie. Yeah. Right. He has experience in mm. doing luxury flips. Mm -hmm. He came out of the gates and started doing million dollars. He didn't even have any experience. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. He just rushed. So like I really leaned on him. Nice. Yeah. You know, yeah. to take that and is like, you know, like and bounce ideas off of and instill confidence mm -hmm. on taking on this task because, you know, it's like, I think this works. What yeah. do you think? So that's why the collaboration is paramount. You know, yeah. like we can do this together and, you know, like instill confidence in back and forth with each other. And then the more people you, well, we know a lot of people, right? We're mm -hmm. connectors. Yes. So right, it's right, like right. It's easier to get the job done. Anytime mm -hmm. problems arise, we know we can tackle them and get done. At the yeah. end of the day, it's another issue and we'll get through it. You know, it's just figuring out, like you said in the beginning, we're problem solvers. Right. That's what our job is at the end of the day. And I think we're really good at it. Yeah. Yeah. Totally. Success, success is from how good you are at problems. Problem solving. Yeah, that's what we do. We solving solve problems. problems. Putting oh fires gosh. out and solving problems. Yeah, we belong but. to different mentorships, right? On the mainland, it's just a different animal. Mm -hmm. Hawaii is so unique, you know, when it comes to that, right? So it's yeah. like when they hear, when we hear problems there compared to. Yeah, yeah. you don't know. They you don't know. No <laughs> you, only, you, you only know <laughs> when you're in it here. Yeah. And I think that's like one of the. One of the best things about our community is that we're actively doing here, right? We're in all of this, these mentorships in the mainland, but we're taking information and then we're bringing it back here. And then we get to problem solve with each other yeah. here, yeah. right? Yeah. Because it, a lot of this stuff doesn't translate. So if you think you're a good investor, come play in Hawaii and let me know how you do. <laughs> <laughs> uh, nice. Okay, so that's a good dovetail to, you know, you talked about one of your biggest challenges in investing, but what is one of your biggest triumphs or victories? Mm. Um, I think honestly, and this is, uh, joining my recent uh, mentorship. Yeah. So part of sub two, yeah. right? We're under pace. Yep. And I said, when I started this journey and I shared with you guys, I jumped into different mentorships, flew out, came back, flew out, came back. The biggest missing component was the community. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I'm super big on that because we are already 2,500 miles away from everybody else. Yeah. You go away to a mentorship, you pay the money, you get the information, rah, rah, super motivated. When you come back, no pun intended, 
you're on an island. Right. You're literally by yourself again. You just went up with all of these people. They're collaborating with each other. They're down the road from each other, wholesaling right next to each other. We come home, I'm by myself. Oh, just give me a call, man. I can help you out over the phone. Yeah. So I, that was always the missing component for me. Mm. My biggest triumph is finding this community Yeah. because my biggest test, again, I've been through it already. I've been through different mentorships. We've been through the other mentorships as well, mm -hmm. the big ones. Right. We made the money and whatnot, you know, and that's, that's the investments that we make. Yeah. But I think it's always been this community and like what I've been searching for because we all are on the same vibe. We are all have that same mindset, mm -hmm. you know, it's like leaning on each other. I feel that that's the triumph. Like I made the right decision to jump in because that was the missing component of like basically elevating, you know, where I already was. And yep. I feel that was the clarity that I gained, yeah. you know what I mean? To move forward and propel me to where I'm at and continue to just jive. And like, now we need to continue this with everybody else. Exactly. Right, right, That's right. our Kuliana. Totally. Yes. Yeah. Like we, we literally have a responsibility yep. to do that. And I know we share that thought as well. So Man, I think we're we're getting to the end here. We, we um, I I wanna to ask you one last question here. What so what are your goals for twenty twenty two? Ooh, good question. Yeah, so you know, we always talk about numbers as far as like profitability, how many deals. I, I tend to shy away from that because I really feel the number, I think maybe it's because of where I'm at in this point, is like it's not about the deals. It's about how many people are we helping. Yeah. 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 You know, we talk about like helping people and how do we, I think that's the concentration for me. I talk about partnerships, you know, and like really looking to delve into that. But it's really, I want to help more people because we came from a spot where like, I didn't know what I didn't know, man. Like I went the long route. What I just shared with you guys was long winded, but yeah. that truly was my story. Totally. You know, it's like I was trying to put together all these real estate pieces of the puzzle of my life mm -hmm. to get to this point where I am. If I can fast track somebody, yeah. a newbie yeah, who basically has the same drive mm -hmm. that, you know, like, let me shave those years off, yeah. you know, totally. and get you there. And I think that's what I want to do and concentrate on. That's why I'm putting myself out there more. Yes. And I think even with the real estate side, the agency side, there's so many realtors out there that just don't know. Mm -hmm. You know, like they just look at us in a different light. I want to change that persona. Yeah. I want to change that stigma. Yeah. You know, and work with more of us, you know, like, you know, I think that's where my goal is. Yes, deals, I think it's going to be consistent. Obviously, do more deals. Yeah. The fix and flips, you know, the buy and holds, all of that. That's the business side. Yeah, like I think that's a given. personal gratification <laughs> and fulfillment mm. is the true number. Is like, how many people have you helped? Like, what if we went to a mastermind and people are like, dude, I did 20 plus deals, 100 plus deals. How many people <laughs> you helped? Nobody. Yeah. 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 What impact have you left? Yeah, so exactly. Yeah. So that's why, that's the impact that I'm looking to make now that we're at this stage or at least I'm at this stage where mm -hmm. I want to make an impact more and help people and bring them up. Love you know? that so much. We share that. Yeah. 100% share that. That's like, like we talk about it all the time, emotional income um, and monetary income, right? Two different things. But I, I mean, for, for us, I feel like the emotional side is, is very important as well. Um, and so, dude, I think the other thing is, is that we, we didn't like, it's, we didn't have anything, right? Like like coming from where we came from um, and then knowing that it's possible and then, and then helping other people that may be in that same situation. Like, dude, you can do this too. Yep. Like if you just do these things, 
like you can do it too um is i mean the opportunity is endless but it is the mindset right yes you gotta want it i cannot want it for you right you have to want it for yourself exactly that's yeah. the biggest component yes. that you know like right now in Hawaii, there's a term that I grew up with. It's called the Alma Crab Syndrome. Yeah. Crabs in a bucket, I think, is the global way. Yeah. Right, yeah. right, right. Everybody's all in the same bucket, right? We all come from a vicious cycle of whatever we were at. But, like, we found a way to get out of the, the bucket. Yeah. But then sometimes you got people pulling you back in. And it's like, yeah. I want, I want, I want, but don't want to work for it. Yeah. Right. I'm literally turning around in that bucket saying, Grab my hand. Yeah. Let me show you. Yeah. You got to put in the work, put in the sweat equity, but I cannot just give you. Right. No. This is right, not right. a handout. Well, right. it's, it's that whole thing is I can give you a fish or I can teach you how to yep, fish. Exactly. Do you know what I mean? Exactly. It's exactly that. So good. Yeah. Yeah. Um, that was a great way to end it, but we'll, we'll end it with this. What impact do you want to leave with the audience? I will share about a tip. Okay. Perfect. I think the tip that I learned for any newbies coming up on the fix and flip game okay. game is this. Make sure when you want to get into this game and you're going to be taking down deals, try your best to make sure your name or your entity is on that settlement statement when you close a deal. Every deal that you're taking down and you feel that you're partnering up, the 30 plus deals that I said I did, you are My not name was not on there. Not on and it at all. The reason why this is so big is because when you try to get credibility with hard money lenders, yes. they will ask for this settlement statement saying, how many deals have you done? And I probably say, 30 plus deals. And they're like, show me the proof. Right. And I'm like, but I don't. I was working with somebody else and yeah. that was their LLCs. Like, no, but we need it. So the yeah. biggest advice I can say is that. Get on the sure, HUD. <laughs> even if you're partnering up. Right. Partner up and get your LLC. Make sure that that articles of incorporation, whatever it is that you can track that you are on there. That'll be the fastest way to get you credibility with hard money lenders yeah. nice. and getting money. So that's an advice that I wish I had known from the beginning. Yeah. You know what I mean? Because it so took a good. while for me to build that back up, even though I felt I put in a time, I yeah. put in energy, I put in a lot, all these deals. Took me uh, like, I had to start all over again, basically. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So again, fast tracking people. And that was a golden nugget right there. Yeah. Okay. So where can people find you? Um, I'm kind of a low key guy to be yeah, honest. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, you are low key. Yeah, I'm super low key, but I'm always willing. You know, like my alloy is genuine. That I am always out there, boots on the ground to help out. You call me, I will basically open the book for you. Yeah. Social media at kione.katian. Okay. Um. That's um, IG, Facebook, the same thing, Keone Katian. Um, no problem. That's K-E-O-N-E -E with an E. Um, but other than that, you know, DM me, private, message me. Um, the website is kulianainvestmentgroup.com. Check me out. Um, other than that, yeah, hit you guys up. Tell them hit me up. Yeah, 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 yeah there we go. We're all of the same circle. We are. Yeah, big time. Dude, thank you so much. Appreciate yeah. you guys. Seriously, one of the biggest um, honors to have you on as our first guest. Uh, you have been influential in uh, in our journey, Absolutely. for sure. So yeah. we're happy to share your story with, with everyone else. It was a no-brainer, so we appreciate yeah. you. Thank you, guys. Appreciate you guys. Thank you so much. All right. All right.